Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Right. Mr. Jules Gill, how are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. It is time for another UBP, baby. The UBP. I'm Scott Tilford. You're Jules Gill. Everyone Yo. else listening has likely submitted some questions. If you haven't, get on it next week. The Entitled Planet <laughs> Podcast is where we gather up all sorts of takes, opinions, whatever else is going on in the gaming industry. And honestly, we've got a, a hell of a swath of stuff to get through for this. Nice. Um, and I also wanted to roll in a few questions from previous weeks as well. So we've got a lot of different things here. Now, I'm going to open on a hell of a statement oh, from okay. Nick Moore. Um, now, this is a... Uh, <laughs> this is a hell of a statement. Uh, Nick Muir says that Sonic 2 was better than the Batman for him. I want to know what you think. I I, the know. fact is, I won't lie to you, mate. I've not seen <laughs> Sonic 2. I saw the first one with good old Rich Hudson back in the day, and I yeah. had an absolute blast with him watching that because it basically took it took us both by surprise because we expected it to be a very bad film, and it came yes. out being an above-average film, so everyone was pleasantly surprised with that. Mm-hmm. But I have got no interest in seeing Sonic 2. I, I think it's just because like, oh yeah, okay. You know that classic thing of like, fool me once, shame on you. This was like, surprise me once, great yes. on us. Surprise me twice, nah, I'll just pass quit on while you're ahead. Like, whatever. Like, like. It's weird because I mean, Sonic 2 is like, I, I kind of had fun with it, but I my, my wife was hating every second of it because she didn't really? mind the first She hated one. it. But like we were watching the second one and there's a lot of cringe in, in the second one. There's a lot of like, this will be funny to a five-year-old and no one yes. else kind of thing. Or... Um, from you know. everything that I saw, it seemed like it was doubling down on the aspects that people didn't actually want to be doubled down on. A little bit. Like, what people liked about it was that it was a charming, heartfelt story with great Jim Carrey uh, yes. scenes in. And this one was like, oh, you want Jim Carrey? Here's loads There's a lot more. of Jim Carrey. Carrey of like, of thing. And you're like, okay, um, that, that, we've seen Batman forever. We mm. know how off the rails he can go sometimes. <laughs> like, there's a lot of like, just in this case, there's a lot of just cutting to him, a single shot, medium length, where he's just yeah. improvising something on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's the scene. And it's all oh, they maybe, maybe put another character in with him, but that's about it. Kind of a big smack of Ghostbusters 2016 vibes where it was just like, let's yeah. just improv and just take all the cuts. Let's not cut anything out. Let's just have everything <laughs> you say is gold. Let's put it in there. It's like, okay, oh, he's like full on. chill. Yeah, it's like full on 90s Jim Carrey. The thing is, like, I, I sound negative on it because it's not a very well-made movie and every single right. second of the intro is surgically <laughs> removed from other blockbusters. Fantastic. But I did have fun watching the things that I'd, I'd like a Pavlovian response to it where I was just sort of watching these things that I love already from the 90s and yeah. going like, oh, Knuckles is climbing a wall. Remember when he did that in the game? Oh, that's cool. Or like stuff like that. He's doing um, the thing. He's, he's doing, doing the thing, thing that I know and I can do the Leo meme and just point to it and go, cool, it's the thing. And so like, I I can, I the thing is, I am sick because I would largely agree with Nick Moore that I had more fun personally with Sonic 2 than I did with the Batman. I thought that was a bit... 
belabored. <laughs> oh, but I, I know that's also insane. But the Batman is uh, like a, a modern odyssey. A Batman yes. is a modern odyssey. And <laughs> as such, it's like a very like tense and quite uncomfortable tale that is told mm. in quite excruciating lengths. And mm-hmm. you know what? There's some cringy moments in the uh, the Batman as well, like yeah. with um, the Riddler and all of his like Twitter followers. Like it's a bit, bit weird <laughs> in some places. But overall, I'd say as a piece of art that we should always value cinema as. Yes. I enjoyed the Batman more because of the way it was shot, the way it was directed, what mm. story it had to tell, and obviously moving things forward for the Batman franchise. The Sonic sequel, however, <laughs> definitely just smacked of just like, oh, okay, you know, we are literally giving you what you expect. Like, yeah. this, is, oh, that's this thing. is everything that you expect. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, mm. but when it comes to which probably has the more entertainment value, it goes oh. to whether artistic versus popcorn. Which one yes. do you prefer? Like, oh, totally. I mean, and, and it's like I mean, I, I bought a figure for both. Is how I engage. Are they going to fight each other? Yeah, well, they're on my desk right now. There's a, you can't get them separated. But it's like <laughs> in terms of long-standing, yeah, like you said, pieces of art. Batman is obviously the is obviously the actual film. Like Sonic is Sonic Two is barely a film. It's just a series of <laughs> triggers that remind you of things that you already liked going but, in. Like it's but you, you know, describes exactly the same thing with um, Spider Man uh, Homecoming. Where yes, it was. Uh, you, you no said way exactly, home, yeah. no way home. That was it. you said it was exactly the same thing. It's just exactly what you expect. Oh, literally, just I mean, delivered like, in a nice package. Brand synergy. The movie is No Way Home. Yeah. But I think for, for Sonic though, it's fascinating. Because because loads of kids in the, sc- in the uh, screening, there'll be an, enti- an entire generation of people or um, children who love Sonic as a movie character. And I think mm-hmm, that's kind of fascinating because mm-hmm, like, they don't mm-hmm. have any, Sega don't have any tie-in game right now. Like the last Sonic game was like Sonic Forces. And if you want something that's actually good, it's Sonic Mania. So it's like, you've got to go back like four years or whatever. Sega like, are like absolutely yeah. mad. Uh, they're yeah. driving me mad as well at the moment <laughs> because they had obviously all of that goodwill from Sonic Mania. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that was a long time ago now. Like, where is the, follow-up to something like this that fans want to see yeah. and it's like okay cool we are going to be working on it further down the line but why not try at least to tie something sonic 2 related into mm-hmm. the release of your movie a hd remaster of sonic 2 or like sonic and knuckles and the, like or the original trilogy like now available on like i don't know phones bit in a brand Just, new package. Like, yeah. something do something literally anything like put... your video game ip to a video game yeah that was the thing because i was like, like the and the end credits of sonic 2 are, are made into a video game that run really well it's like it right. goes between 2d and 3d and i was like oh my god this is reminding me of all these games that i guarantee most children in this in the screening haven't played and have no yeah. idea what this is but it's just a weird thing where sonic is bigger than ever it made 72 million dollars in its own weekend mad. like mad seven funny. times more than i mean sorry it was seven times more than what batman made in the same weekend obviously that's been out for a bit longer mm-hmm, but still yeah. sonic is flying and it's kind of just crazy that sonic is bigger than ever in a mainstream sense um but it's all related to the movies um, it's weird it's like you yeah. get some like actors who jump from tv to movie and mm. this is like jumping from video games to movie i don't know whether he's gonna even bother looking back because why would he it's more <laughs> of a commercial risk to release a video game at this well point. i guess like they've got um sonic frontiers later this year assumedly later this year like the, the shadow the, sorry the um breath of the wild shadow of the colossus style one where it's yes the one sonic that i'm literally putting into my this is a big pile of bollocks pile because uh, <laughs> that is that is gonna be bad I'm, I'm sorry to any sonic fan out there but come on pal look me square in the eye without unflinching and tell me that this is gonna be a good game it's not I, it's not 
I, 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 I think I know that you're right, but I yeah. want to. I just want to run in an open world as Sonic and then just bounce off. No, who stuff doesn't? And who doesn't? That's the dream. But this is the thing: <laughs> a dream is not reality in this sense. It's true. I hope that game is better than Absolute Toss, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nate the Gamer says he's looking for a good Sonic game to get in the mood um, before watching Sonic the Sonic movie at the weekend. And he says, mm. "How bad is Sonic Forces?" Now, Sonic Forces is pretty bad. I, oh, it's if pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. If you're going to pick up a Sonic game, it should be Sonic Mania. Maybe you did one of the Sega Ages versions of Sonic 1 or 2. Yeah, or Sonic want, Spinball, just for a bit Sonic of fun. Sonic Spinball, if you're going to yeah. go 3D, I guess, Generations, Colors, or maybe Unleashed, but even t- that's got bad melee. i tell you what, mate, don't even bother with it and just go uh, Sonic <laughs> All-Stars Racing Transform. Just get on the yes. driving game because do you know what? Genuinely, and this is hand on heart, no word of a lie, it is <laughs> up there with one of my all-time favorite kart racing games ever. Yes. It, it is goes really solid. in my grand grand top-tier list that includes mm-hmm. the likes of like Diddy Kong Racing, Crash Team Racing, and that lot. It goes Super Mario 64 uh, uh, race, Kart Racer. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that game. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be Mario 8. Ooh, uh, okay. okay. Because I, I really uh, deluxe with all the new tracks. Yes. They're absolutely outstanding. Then it would be CTR. Yes. Bloody CTR all game. the way. And then, believe it or not, be Speed Freaks, obviously, because they're amazing. <laughs> and then it would be, and then it would be Sonic All Stars Racing Transformed. I love that game. That's a show. So man. well polished, mate. It is At brilliant. some point, we should do an actual kart racing podcast because uh, oh, Looney Tunes Kart yeah. Racer should be in there. And like, there's, I mean, the thing is that like, Speed Freaks, I've not even thought of in about 25 years. It's but that was so a good, time. good, that game. And do you know yeah. what? It did so much with so little because it's like they didn't even animate the carts. The kids are literally <laughs> sitting on nothing and just have floating wheels next to them. I, I, I mean, Lego Racer era. was a big deal as as well like if they ever brought that right. back i feel like lego racer there's a lot of like nostalgia that is blinding people on mm. that one because that is a big bang of six out of ten energy <laughs> like we both know that like it's not great and the fact no. that the most enjoyment you could have with that game was building your own car and my mm. favorite thing was taking the basic chassis and then building a brick wall in front of the driving <laughs> seat so we couldn't see so i was just driving around like a chimney stack just like get out the way <laughs> i was just saying you're knocking everyone out the way oh, that's brilliant We'll, at some point, we'll revisit that stuff. We should also do the best six out of ten games ever because I, oh, I feel like everyone yeah, knows yeah. what that means. And I, I've long said I'll take a really good six out of ten game over a ten out of ten mm-hmm. most days. Um, I'd say that most of... Tenchu games are six out of ten yeah. games, and that's and it, why we love them because you're like, oh, the jank is horrible. But I like, there's something about it. it's like charming, and it's a bunch of people trying something, and it's like yeah. there's something about a six, seven out of ten game that sometimes is more memorable than a big opulent five star thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Jacob Sawyer uh, throws his hat in the ring with Sonic and Mario at the 2016. Olympic Games as the best Sonic game. Wow, no, I okay. I, I didn't play 2016's one. one. Um, I played the 2021, which is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. He also says, though, um, if we could interview one person in gaming, who would we choose? Now, I don't know if yours would be Peter Molyneux. <laughs> I was actually going to say Peter Molyneux. Just like me alone with him in the room for a bit, just a microphone, and then come out. I'll have like, blood stains on me. I'll be wiping my we talked it out yeah be like where it's just got like a big bundle of like nfts in my pocket <laughs> there from like all the property thing that he's doing now i was I right tell about you what, um goddess the other day because he's he's still i mean he made five hundred thousand pounds on uh goddess that was back in 2012 yeah. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. that game is still in early access it never mm-hmm. came out fans mm-hmm. fans were asked into the studio to help finish it and code it and um, the team have completely moved on i think it's like three or four people still working on it quote unquote but he just pocketed half a million quid and then went and made an nft farm do you know it's absolutely just madness isn't it absolutely he's mad. a minger i mean like i'd i'd interview him but it would only be to just ask the question why over or like peter <laughs> why are you hitting yourself peter like peter. i joke i'm sure he's a lovely man 
but just don't buy anything that he's selling. I feel like, I think it, it, when we grew up, it was like, Peter Molyneux was like the guy, because it was, oh my God, Fable, oh my God, Black and White, oh mm-hmm. my God, Populous. And it was like, he, he span all these tall tales and Milo and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of people kind of fell for that. And I was definitely like, oh my God, if he's, he's just a dreamer. He's trying to do his best thing. <laughs> and you want to believe in that. But I think after enough time has passed and enough lies have been told, um, enough hot air, it, it, his, his reputation is completely gone. Um, but it was crazy um, last year seeing how much money he made in NFTs. Just immediately yeah, made a game just... about farming and whatever and he just made this insane amount of money again i was like, like oh my i God. will i will not detract from the fact that the man knows how to make money like yeah. he's he's got his finger on the button when it comes to okay what is the hot topic now mm-hmm. how am i going to push this forward what new tech is just emerging that i can capitalize on mm-hmm. now i'm not saying that all of his ventures have worked out the way that he probably initially intended and i don't think that peter Molyneux sets out to make a bad experience right there is a little bit of shadiness that is just making his shadow that little bit darker each and every yeah. time you know no definitely i think um for me it would be so it'd be someone in the indie scene i think it would be um maybe just a bit someone who's heading up devolver because i feel like their rise mm. is incredible and i feel like they've meteoric gone isn't a, it just how yeah. they went from like, being just another indie developer to being the hottest talking point at the likes of e3 with their presentation demo stuff mm-hmm. that they did and the games they've kicked out have just been hit after hit after hit and it i is. love seeing like how um just how far they've come like, they, like i said like jules said they went from like smaller 2d stuff to getting like shadow warrior 3 out there mm-hmm. and it's like they're putting their, their, their feet in these uh, bigger pools over and over again and i just feel like their attitude towards gaming sort of mimics mine like how stupid and over the top and, and overly blustery and opulent a lot of the AAA stuff can feel and how stupid those press conference conferences can feel and how stuffed with terms they can feel i feel like devolver know what they are they remind me of like a24 the film uh, the film company and i feel like mm-hmm. they have the same kind of ethos of like we're just going to cherry pick the best stuff and it will work like you know all the assumptions that the the AAA industry has about what will sell um devolver go no this will sell this will work and they put their money behind um really good projects and it just yeah i would maybe uh, talk to someone like that i don't know the names of the heads of devolver but i would want to i would just want to get their thoughts on like what they class as a risk because what in the in the the gaming industry like most of the bigger companies class risks as anything that prioritizes actual creativity as opposed to bankable elements do you know what i'm actually surprised that you didn't say hideo kojima because i really Mm. feel like you would just want to just be like listen i get it i get it and you'd walk towards him slowly and hug him and he'd be like you understand it he goes i know i've played all the metal gear games i know everything about death stranded you're my princess beach you'd run towards well that's the thing and you'd meld into one person and be hideo kojima like that'd be harmonized maybe i finally get peace i think i'd want to sit down with him and put that scene on the bit when they run in slow motion i'd have to watch his face for that bit in death stranding and go sorry so what was what was this what were you doing what was this do you think it'd be like that moment when george lucas watched the rough cut of star wars episode one (laughs) that's sort of like sitting in his chair like oh god just sort of like looking around going like eh eh and everyone else is like no like this is not you got to imagine that he's surrounded by like um, all of these like suited cronies that are like clapping like oh it's a masterpiece video it's a masterpiece and he's just like yeah and he looks at you and you're like scott why aren't you smiling and like what are you what and i just scream internally because i can't actually say anything because somehow that game still came together um next question from nano king who says what has been your favorite aew moment and how has the company reignited your love for the business now we have uh dynamites available for us today and they, mm-hmm. if you're a wrestling fan we'll not spend too much uh, too long on it but there's a big a big weekend of wrestling coming up because there's two big shows and then there's one pay-per-view type thing and where every single championship belt's on the line before we actually carry on with this it's just Mm. reminded me on the 3rd of september the wwe are actually coming to cardiff so i'll say to you mate you should come down because i know that uh, we're planning a trip down so please come down with them 
I if it's WWE, come see me in Cardiff, mate. I'll, I'll come see you. I'll, I'll, I'm not bothered about WWE. It's a bit stinky, but I know. I, but I we'll we'll have a good time. No we'll have what. a good time. We'll 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 go there and point out. I, I can't think of a single WWE wrestler. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, <laughs> the the <laughs> lad who plays the guitar who injured himself. Boogs. Let, oh, oh yeah, go find Boogs. <laughs> Boogs. Boogs. To be fair, um, he is actually a big fan. Energy. Yes, it's uh, they, they'll make it work. I think for my favorite AEW moment, um, it's probably when Kingston was. Uh, Eddie Kingston was fighting CM Punk and he got all covered in blood and uh, but it was CM Punk's blood and then um, Kingston was punching him and then he just sort of like screamed in his face because he was just loving the moment so much because yeah, he was finally yeah, getting yeah. to fight him or it would be um, Sammy Guevara's cutter on Cody the when they both of the ladder. Ladders. Yeah, yeah. That, that was insane um, man that thing like, was insane I, I absolutely love just any of the feud between uh, MJF and CM Punk like yes. I thought that, that was possibly one of the most like beautifully crafted uh, wrestling storylines going and it delivered in a match that while not maybe being one that uh, people will say was a five-star racing across mm. the board was so emotionally weighted. Well, the fact I that they loved it. did all the stuff with like uh, when MJF was a kid and met Punk when he yep. was a kid and they brought Fantastic. The, bring that line in and then MJF is still the villain. So he's like, oh, you thought that's what I cared about, but I didn't. Um, those things are cool. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, I mean, the thing is, I loved when Hangman came back and he was dressed as the Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I know that if you're like a... I, I came in when Punk came back, so I had yeah. no history with AEW at all. So I didn't know that when Hangman left, it was a big deal. And I didn't know there was a lot of weight around his return. So I get why people were annoyed that he came back as the Stay Put Marshmallow Man when it was meant to be this whole story of alcoholism and yeah, everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, I was like, <laughs> just hearing Excalibur go like, um, who's the Stay Put Marshmallow Man? Yeah, and then he like, ripped off his helmet. That thing was brilliant, but I get why um, people absolutely hated it. Um, I you, there, yeah. there was one actual storyline that's ongoing at the moment that I'm really interested to see how it uh, plays out. Mm. And that's um, Daniel Bryanson and uh, John Moxley, with mm-hmm. their new tag the Blackpool team. Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, really weird sort of like vibe they've got. Oh, the stuff with Uber is phenomenal with though. William Regal, but I love the fact that they seem to be creating a sort of factional war between mm. themselves and another group uh, as they try and recruit new members, mm-hmm. like how they're going to divide people to bring them in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is really good because they are two phenomenally talented wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to do what Brian Danielson said that he, he loved doing in like mm-hmm. a previous interview for WWE years ago, he said he loves elevating new talent. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't care who he fights as long as he has the best matches. So it means that I hope that he's going to be cherry picking who they fight in this sort of like ongoing mm-hmm. uh, storyline. Whether or not they win or lose doesn't really matter because we'll get to see the best of the next crop of um, of wrestlers coming up through AEW. Well, the thing that I love as well is that you've got, because, um, you know, he says, like, how did it reignite your love for the business? Well, the thing that I dropped off with WWE was that across the 2000s, it just started feeling really cringe. It wasn't really about actual fun athleticism mm-hmm. and actual, mm-hmm. you know, like, impressive stunt work or whatever. It was just cringy characters, cringy backstage segments. It just it just felt naff, and so I dropped off. A lot of AEW is addressing that stuff. Like they draw such a distinction between what a wrestler is and what a sports entertainer is, which is what Chris yeah. Jericho's new shtick is. And which actually, I love, they, by the way. It's, it's great. Just He's just walking that line of like, WWE. yeah, being like as fake as possible, and then being like, oh, it's because I'm a sports entertainer, and it's like yeah. a direct shot yeah. at WWE. And obviously, like uh, Jules said, you've got all these stuff with the, the combat club trying to be the purest version of literal like wrestling and combat and aggression as possible. And so those things that, that whenever AEW addressed that feeling of like wrestling was great for a time and then it was cringy yeah. for a time and this is great again um, and I feel like they just they know which matches to prioritize they know how to put good shows on they there's hardly any backstage segment stuff um, and it's just about like an incredible athletic acrobatic performance yeah. like that's what gets me in 
Hundred percent agree, my friend. I think that stuff, if it's backed by like good characters, good writing, like the yeah, if you go, if anyone wants to get into stuff and you get, if you go watch the CM Punk uh, MGF stuff, um, that was fascinating. Even if you didn't have every beat of that, you know, even if yeah. you didn't grow up with every beat of it, it still totally worked. Um, next was John from Jacob Sawyer. What game have you been so excited for, based on the potential that you couldn't wait to play? I guess what's the most excited you've ever been for something in a pre-release? Oh, oh, hands down, Time Splits Two. Nice. Uh, it, it, I think I've mentioned this before. It released um, a couple of days. Oh, man, my memory's failing me. It was either a couple of days before <laughs> or after my birthday. It was meant to release on my birthday, mm. and it was like I was so so excited that I, I gathered all my friends. I told them like we're not doing anything else this weekend. I'm getting this game. We're going to go and play it. Right. I, I think it actually dropped before my birthday. And that's why we were so excited because the, the, the um, you know, back in the day, you obviously didn't have the internet constantly being updated with all of like the release dates and yes. like all of these things. It was just like haphazard. We used to ring I went, shops up and be like, have you got an update on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and my one would be like for the, uh, like the official PlayStation magazine mm. or whatever it was at the time, it would have like uh, the release date in the little bio bit at the top. And I would go, right. like that would be my gospel. I would treat it as that. So if I went into a store and found it earlier, amazing. If I went into the store and did it, I'd be like, you lied to me sort of thing. <laughs> So I remember telling people like, we're booking this Friday off. Like, like we're just literally, um, as soon as school finishes, we're going back to mine and play this game, mm-hmm. whatever. It's going to be fantastic. And then I remember passing by, I think it was game back in Newton Abbott. And hey. I looked through the window and I saw a copy of it there. And I went in there and I had that mixture of like excitement and dread because right. when I went in there, it was all like, you know, the display box copies, mm-hmm. not the actual like game. Yes. So I was like, it's like, do you have it in? And they were like, yes, have you pre-ordered it? And I'm like, <gasps> I was like, no, I haven't pre-ordered it because I just, I didn't even <laughs> But think I'm a big fan, sir. And then they were like, okay, let me just check the bat for you. And they said, uh, like, come back in about an hour's time because I need to do something else. Uh, right. if you live local. And I was like, yeah, went back in. There was a copy there. I was like, <laughs> I didn't even have like a mobile phone at the time. Didn't know like how to get in touch with my friends. So I just had to go into school the next day and be like, I have I've actually already got it. Game. Like literally come over to school now. <laughs> we're playing this game. And man, those things like so when fun. gaming reads, like that's the thing, like, like obviously physical game stores are completely going away but like i i think a few people have stories like that where like something came in early or you were able to do a deal and get something early mm-hmm. like that's awesome mine was um, my xbox 360 I, I took all my games i think i've told this story before but i took all my old games down to get an xbox 360 because my mm-hmm. mates had one and i was like determined to play crackdown and so i just took all my games down all my ps2 stuff all my original xbox stuff because i was like oh i'm not gonna play this the next generation's here whatever it was like 50 games it was a big bin bag of, uh, of games in my old consoles i dumped all that on the desk in game station and i was like can i get an xbox please um, and i want an xbox premium because they split the price tier back then and i couldn't afford it, it, it when he rung all of it up because all those games were worth like 50 pence each or something um, yeah. and i'm trying to afford something that's like 300 quid yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so he rung it all up and he was like you can't afford the um the premium one but you can't afford the core millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, what culture gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, and the, the only arcade thing. one or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, it was like the, the yeah. basic thing. And I was like, I just want, I just want, I just want Crackdown, sir. And so I went and picked up, and I was like, can I just trade all of this in for just Crackdown and just the core system by itself, none of the extra controller yeah, deal yeah, yeah. stuff that was on? Yeah. And he sort of looked at it and he looked at the pile and he was like, I can do that for you. Oh, and so and I was it, like, man. you absolute legend. Massive shout out to Warwick. He became a good friend. And um, <laughs> but that whole thing, I was like, that was a dream come true thing of like then walking away with the Xbox 360 and being able to actually have it. Um, I think phys- the owning physical media is overlooked because, well, you know, you did stuff like that. You can't get it. It can't get again. And the kids today will never understand the joy of taking in a game to trade it in only to discover no. that it was actually worth a lot more than you thought it was. Like yeah. you'd pegged it in your mind as being like, oh, maybe I'll get like a fiver for this game here. And I remember well, I I went do, I... in, like annoyingly, I wish I'd kept hold of this copy now because I had on the PS1 an original, very mint condition, mm. XCOM Enemy uh, Unknown. I think the very first one. UFO oh, the, t- the top down one. Yeah. Uh, 2D. The, the very first one uh, converted mm. to PS1. Mm. And when I went to trade it in, I thought to myself, this is the least interested that anyone will be <laughs> to like get this game. Maybe it'll last like three quid. Mm-hmm. He's like, he turns around, he's like, he's like uh, okay, this is coming up as uh, 25 quid for this one alone. And I'm like, when you were a kid that's like a fortune what did i spend on so i ended up just getting like loads of trash that immediately nice. valued like that time after but it's just like if i i want a copy of it now i'm looking mm-hmm. online it's like 70 quid or oh, God, I'm like, like, oh, 
that is a hyper rare. I think like, yeah, yeah I mean, like, it's something that I miss, like being able to do those kind of things. And I, like that, I used to do a thing with, um, I, I don't know if this was taking too much of advantage of the policy that they had, but game in the UK used to be able to get a game um, and you would have um, 20 days or something. As long as you have the receipt, you can trade it back in for full price again. And it didn't yeah. even matter if it was open. So like literally I, I would go get a full price game, play through Just it, in, through it. <laughs> in a week, take it back with the receipt, trade it for another new game, play through that because you could do it twice. And on the the third time you had to st- st- keep whatever it was yeah, so I would enough. be like okay I actually want to own that but I'll do these two on the way there and yeah, then clever. the third one and so like maybe that's one of the reasons they went under to be honest oh, to be fair it's a bad business practice <laughs> yeah and, but for me it was just like yeah every week I was like well like, that's just how I get three things for my I- individual amount of money but like yeah but that stuff is obviously long gone. You can't do anything even close to that on the digital yeah. storefront. Um, next, oh, my uh, most played game I couldn't wait to play. Um, I'm going to go with Halo 3 because um, it was, was just... big hype then. The run-up to that was unlike mm. anything else. And I still, I just cry watching the Halo 3 uh, reveal trailer. I was so psyched. It's big hype and also the fact that the cliffhanger, that awful cliffhanger for Halo 2, <laughs> like, made me so annoyed that I was like, I have to buy Halo fight. 3 to actually just get on with it. Have you seen game. any uh, clips of the Halo TV show? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, the only, actually, the only thing I did see was um, that there were some people making fun of the fact that it was missing some visual effects on a plasma gun or something like that. The, it's the way he holds one of the assault rifles. That it's like sized wrong. There's a lot oh, of right, weird okay. visuals. Of Cortana looks terrible. Like, oh, no. I, I'm three episodes in and I don't hate it. I, I quite like that it's doing its own thing and it feels like its own thing. But when they bring Cortana in, uh, her, the, the CG, it, it looks Bad. terrible. It's like, she's got like brown hair and it, it's like, as if it's like an actual person, but it's a hologram, but it should oh, be more blue. Okay. It just doesn't look right. Um, but yeah, the Halo shows it's that's a it's a whole thing unto itself. <laughs> um, next question from um, PG Quips, who says, "What do we think love about the, the state?" I love the PG Quip. What does he think? What do we think about the state of the first-person shooter genre in general right now? I've definitely not played a single-player FPS with a decent story in a very long time, or seen much change to the formula. Now, I would large. I mean, I like where the first-person shooter genre is at. You're getting insanely kinetic stuff like Doom. I think Modern Warfare, the mm-hmm. new Call of Duty, is the best it's ever been. But true, I can't think of the last truly great single-player first-person shooter story. That's I don't even know when that was. It seems like, uh, apart from Doom Eternal, I would say mm. that we've not really seen much innovation in the genre for quite some time. The no, last time that I was like the thing I would point to. Oh, I was going to say Super Hot and also uh, Bulletstorm because of mm. its sort of like combo chaining sort of stuff together. You like that and, um, that beat one that you recommended to me that I forget the name oh, of? Oh, um, BPM. That's yeah. actually a, that's that was yeah, but that's like a one and done. No one's yeah. even bothered to do that. In fact, there was one other game that somebody recommended me recently on Twitter that's like that with dubstep music instead of like heavy nice. metal, which actually does sound pretty cool. Bob, Bob, Bob. Um, but it's like I don't see the genre as being able to move beyond the kind of homogeneity that we experienced from mm. uh, modern warfare style shooters like mm. you've got call of duty you've got your um what's that battlefield and mm. you've got like your star wars battlefront or whatever like mm. it's like all of those games they kind of feel the same now because how you sell games you appeal to the mass market and how you appeal to the mass market you make sure that all the ui feels the same all the yes. controls feel the same all the shooting kind of feels the same with a few bits thrown in titanfall mm-hmm. 2 was probably again uh, one of the last ones that actually felt like it was pushing the genre forward mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when we had parkour elements and the likes of uh blink i believe it was or brink i can't remember which one brink it was, was one yeah where it was like the parkour elements on that that's another innovation but that was back in like 2010 like we mm-hmm. haven't seen anything like sort of that engaging where they've gone for like movement and shooting and all this other stuff i feel like doom's doom like, eternal that's, that's yeah 
you've kind of got like the, like the id software attempted at the whole combat chess thing and like, oh, like everything's got a grapple hook now which is a nice after yeah. effect of how much doom have an impact doom had in terms of general uh, movement but i remember playing super hard and i know that game has an in joke about like tell tell the world how innovative this is inside the game yeah but it is i think in regards to literally making it so time moves when you do i loved super hard so much and yeah. the sequel was so overlooked as well um but stuff like is that, that the where vr the, only one that one no, no, there's a, there's, that's, that's the thing. There's a full on sequel to Superheart called, uh, Mind Control Delete, um, which okay, is like, a, cool. it's like an endless runner version of Superheart, oh, um, nice. which is, it feels like the, the creators would have sort of, everyone badgered them for more stuff and they were like, okay, we'll give you an endless version of this. Then you um, just leave which, us alone. <laughs> yeah, just leave us alone. And it's like, you can hit credits on it, but then you need to wait, I think it's two hours before you can play again. And then uh, you have to literally sit and wait while the game fake reboots because it's all like this in game universe rebooting. Yeah. And so, like, that was them just going, like, can you leave us alone? Because we've done this, and you've had your fill, and leave us alone. But, yeah, Super Hot stands out. Um, Shadow Warrior, I think something, even, like, something like Devil Daggers, like, it's such a throwback to, like, PS1 arena shooting stuff. Um, I actually just covered that in a list uh, recently, nice. actually, Devil Daggers. The yeah, so it's like, just, like, there is so much more you can do, especially with, like, yeah. if you bring back old-school polygonal graphics and then make it so it runs nice and smoothly. Yeah, but, yeah but when you look I, at I know the AAA, means, like, a forum, they all mm. are kind of the same. Like, even mm. the likes of Resident Evil 8, who you'd feel with the horror sort of dynamic would allow mm. for more things, it still plays like a relatively basic first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. The I think story it's like, and setting is different, obviously, but... Yeah, I think Call of Duty is such a massive behemoth, and it's out every year that it's that it's a really hard like um, genre to compete in. Like, it's if you were going to do anything even remotely close to the military shooter space, you're going to be up against Call of Duty. Um, and I think what's the um, the sniper one that's done quite well? Not Sniper Elite, but the um, is a Ghost Ghost Soldier or something. I forget the name of that. Okay. Thing. I played the I played the first two as well, but I forget the name. Okay, um, but I feel like they've managed to carve out their own little niche of being more tactics based, and I think Gravity Rainbow Six Siege is more tactics based mm. um, rather than the, the sort of run and gun twitch stuff of Call of Duty. So, but still quite homogenous in terms of the control scheme and the general sort of feel and stuff. So I I do know what he means. I just genuinely um, don't know where you take the genre after this though. No. Like like it feels like we've done everything in some form or another we've mm-hmm. tried experimenting with movement we've tried experimenting with vr we've tried experimenting with the sort of like battle royale and mm-hmm. different modes and zombie wave stuff like it's like where do you take what you can shoot at next like, <laughs> well, that's why i quite liked super hot like and i like the way super hot approaches it and i think like like bpm like if you're going to actually change the core of how this moves yeah. then i think maybe that's something you can do more with um, i tell you what i'd love to see come back in some form or another is mm-hmm. the body swapping mechanic that they had in one of oh, those yeah. battle Battlefield 2. Battlefield 2, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Being able to just like hot swap from one character Mm. to another. If they put that into uh, a massive open world thing where you just had tons of like, you know, like in um, Battlefront, Mm -hmm. you have um, in Star Wars Battlefront, you've got like uh, tickets, they call them, where it's just loads and loads of like clones or Mm. or, like uh, like, people on your army. And when they die, that those go down. When it reaches zero, you lose no matter what. Mm -hmm. If they had that, but the ability to just literally flip between all of them at once and only oh. had like a team of 10 but controlling right, right. 300 players that would actually be a really fun game. oh man i like i think we mentioned it before but like conflict desert storm had a thing where you oh, would yeah that was play like four fun. dudes at once and it's like you yeah. would position your sniper literally in real time and then you'd be like, like give him like, the order give him the order and then port out and jump into someone else but they would finish that order off so it's yeah. like okay you cover me from up here then i'm gonna run in as the rifleman but you can do all those things together i missed that stuff and like what you yeah. said if you had like a, a range of um classes ostensibly that you could all control at once like yeah i think there's more to do with that like yeah the body swap thing that was in battlefield and driver and then not really much else um it is in super hot ironically enough yeah. but i feel like you could do more with that especially in like a competitive if you were 100%. up against one of the player but they can control a small army that'd be kind of yeah cool. that'd be great and so you don't actually get the kill until you I'd, kill the right, one okay. that they are so controlling if, if, it was, if you and i were making this game i'd call it and whose army 
That's how we do it because it's like you and Usami. It's like, let's go. I love you, cool. And yeah, if you, if you if the kill only counts when you kill the actual consciousness, like oh, you've yeah, got to try you and don't know which one it is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like you've got to like, like, like oh, whittle it funny. down until you kill the actual player or something. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. Um, Williamson says, "Who is the best British spy? James Bond, Johnny English, or Austin Powers?" He says, "I know it's Powers, but I wanted your take." Also, <laughs> Jason Bourne, Jack Ryan, or Jack Reacher. What do you think for the British spy first? Ah, oh, man. I mean, like they're all. I enjoy a bit of Johnny English, if I'm honest, just because <laughs> the fact that he's so bumbling and incompetent, but he always uh, saves the day. And he's not he saves like, the day. He wouldn't hurt a fly, and he's he's just a nice person. Yeah, um, whereas like James Bond is like a bit of an arsehole. Like I just oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like, so, like especially during his run with the, the Roger Moore era, he was just mm. like zero fighting, zero action. All of the sh- greasy schmoozer is how you right. call him. Like, a greasy schmoozer is the a schmoozer is the best way to describe. I'm not. I'm thinking is I didn't grow up on that much Bond. I've seen Goldeneye. I've seen a handful of them. I've seen the Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan ones onwards, um, but I've never been a fan of the character Johnny English. The, he's the most English. If you want British spy, he's just stupid. Isn't like he's just this bumbling well, sort where's, of. Um, you know. where, where's uh, Eggsy from uh, Kingsman? From Kingsman, I mean, like, yeah, he's all right. I thought the Kingsman sequel was horrendous. But oh, the, the sequel's bad, but the yeah. first film was as a character, he's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Austin Powers, I, yeah, maybe Mike Myers, I guess so. Michael I mean, Myers, rather. Let's just give Mike Myers something because he <laughs> he's not doing much at the moment, is he? He's not to be honest. He's not been Austin Powers in a while. That's the twenty year ago nostalgia trip that hasn't happened yet. Everything else oh, has been brought back. Could you imagine how cringe man if it came back? It would just be like it's like here's every non PC thing. He's putting the little That's finger to one. his hand again. I oh. guarantee he's been offered that, and he's he, for his own sanctity. He said no, but yeah, I guarantee that because thing. he probably is just like I'm just going to distance myself yeah. from this project. It made me, but it will also destroy me. If what was that thing that killed him? That love guru when he did oh, the this <laughs> ever? That was so bad. It was going to be terrible. Um, yeah, who do you prefer out of Jason Bourne, Jack Ryan, or Jack Reacher? I've only just finished the Reacher TV series, which fell off an effing cliff about halfway through. Oh, but you're going to have to remind me who the hell half of these are like Jason Bourne I know him obviously yep. but and Jack which, Ryan which, which version version because we got a different Jason well, Bourne kind of one the of them thing. didn't we and there's, there's two versions of Jack Ryan there's two versions of Jack Reacher the Jack Reacher uh, played by um, the dude that's in The Quiet Place whose name I've completely forgot oh John Krasinski John uh, Krasinski that one's really good season one of that is really good um, and then Jack Reacher the new version of Reacher as the actor Alan Richman or Rickman or you call him um, not Alan Rickman Alan Rickman Alan Rickman here. not Alan Rickman he's called Alan something he's a big lad um, he's closer to the actual Jack Reacher but there is also okay. the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher I'm just going to say Jason Bourne to be honest I, I think that, that Jason lot. Bourne's the safest bet out of all of them because there's I reckon he could take them all stuff. on to be honest yeah. like Reacher's, like new Reacher has a really brutal fighting style but it's just a few elbows to the face if you dodge them I reckon you can take him down and then Jack Ryan isn't that great in, in combat anyway he's like an analyst who gets thrown into the field but Jason so. Bourne is just a machine yeah Jason Bourne like, just, just does whatever you need him to do yeah he's a swiss army knife with a face like i think you just yeah. send jason born in and he, he gets the gets the job done um oh i should read i'll leave a little edit point there sure pause uh there was one thing you wanted answering it's this actually it's this next question okay so did you take any note of when we started i think it was at quarter past yeah it's quarter past we've gone half an hour now cool so we'll do the the last one i know will born sure. this at 11 um bum bum Next question and final question from Andy Taylor, who says, hope we're both doing well and love the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. He says, now that we've gone through Elden Ring, what would be our top three bosses from all these Soulsborne games? For them, it is the owl slash father from Sekiro is their favorite boss fight ever. Have a great Easter. Also, honestly, all of you have a great Easter. I should have yeah, said that at the very beginning. But yeah, enjoy um, it your is Easter, the Easter weekend. Yeah, what's your um, top three bosses from all Soulsborne games? This is so tough because there are so many good fights within mm. the franchise. And I actually put out a tweet 
tweet straight after we saw this question pop up asking for the worst. And man, <laughs> there's a lot of contentious opinions there um, with people just hating on the ancient Wyvern or Wyvern, however you want to pronounce <gasps> it. Then there was ones like the people who just hate the Ornstein and Smo one. Anything What's like that thing? Boss. In Souls 2, there's like a big fat lizard that you fight in a circular room and it just rolls out. It rolls sideways. Oh, the sideways. gluttonous uh, yeah. something, whatever it's called. Yeah, That is uh, the worst thing they've ever designed. Just in a yeah. pure like bad sense it's just like a being destroyed by a big meat sleeping bag it's not <laughs> it's not a good laugh um <laughs> a big roll uh I, it's a tough one to say because i've had such good boss battles in elden ring at the moment like radan has to be up there as love one of radan. my favorite Melania, things because, like just summoning all the people and then just rushing up yes. the hill to die like watching them all get absolutely creamed and just like <laughs> this tiny little horse that he's got there's so much going on in it that you're just like what is this? The thing is, like, like discounts, like, arcade Ganon-looking thing going on. Like, Yeah, like, um, whenever someone asks for the best fights, I think that um, it has to be an element of spectacle in there. So I think I really love the dragon fight in Sekiro, um, mm. the big ancient dragon. It's a very mm-hmm. easy fight. But I love that you're, dan- you're like, dancing on the wind, like you're in midair for a lot of it, and you're, like, doing these lightning, wielding lightning to hurt it. I just think that yeah. is insane. So I would go, that would be one of mine. It wouldn't be my number one. I think my number one at the minute is Melania, because I, I just love that fight. You can dance around yeah. this. So much. The, uh, that's the, the second phase with the unfolding uh, mm. blossom attack mm. it's just one of it's just so beautiful like it looks gorgeous well. but it's challenging yeah. and it's you can have like a back hell, and forth. Like... yeah so I think um, um, it's it, there, there's so many to pick from I think I mean the thing is as well it's like what makes a really good boss like something is infuriating like Genoshiro but mm-hmm. when I actually went one on one and matched those blows with him like that was a hell of a fight so I might have yeah. to have that up there too like yeah. I I definitely want to include some stuff from uh, Sekiro just because mm. of the fact that once you master the timing, once you get it down, it feels uh, just outstanding to do. Mm-hmm. Like I would agree that the fight against Owl, once you've gone back through the memory and unlocked the secret mm. ending where you're fighting him at the estate, that mm. is so brutal just yeah. because of the fact that you've got him at his prime, throwing all of the tricks in. Plus he's got a few cheeky little skills that he didn't mm-hmm. tell you about. So when he's like throwing <laughs> his bird at you and stuff like that, you're like, okay, he means business this mm-hmm. time around. But I also, so that'd be my one from uh, Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring, it's Radan. And then my top, it would maybe be something from, I want I, my gut tells me that it wants to be Ornstein and Smout, but I, <laughs> I'm also thinking that the Godskin Apostle and the Godskin Peeler, because of how much they take that formula of here's a two on one gang mm. boss, mm-hmm. but they are supremely difficult because of like the rolling, the snake body and all of the yes. extra stuff on top. I'm like, oh, that was a really I challenging think... but rewarding fight, you know? I always like, that's the thing. I always like when it's an actual fight. It's not just a mm. dodging splash damage. It has, like, I mean, I, I, I like the big spectacle fights, but I also like the really gritty one-on-one stuff too. I can't remember what, what it's, his name's completely um, slipped it. It's, uh, he's the oh, owner Taurus? of Sif. Uh, yeah, oh no. Yeah. Uh, the oh, giant... Taurus is in Dark Souls 1. The, he's the DLC guy. The giant samurai. That's, that's him. Uh, no, no, Artorius is, well, he's like a big knight. He's like a fallen knight. That's Dark Souls 1, though. I'm going quite far back. Oh, I'm going to have to quickly summer. Google this because there's so many, and I know that it's going to be on the tip of my tongue if I don't do it. So you vamp, Scott. Uh, well, I'll do, I... I'll, I'll tell you what I keep forgetting to do. I'm going to do a clap, and then yeah. I know what to look for in the waveform, because then I can edit stuff. That is a smart plan. And let me just double check. It is Artorius of the Abyss. Uh, Artorius oh. the Abyss Walker. That's who I'm thinking of. And I got it wrong with Samurai, but it's just because he does this thing where he like, oh no, actually, no, I'm thinking... Uh, Dark big Souls 2 Artorius Artorius There's like a uh, 
there's like a boss that you have in Dark Souls 2 where you fight like a um, Dark Souls 2 best bosses. That'll probably be like number one. Mm. Here we go. A samurai um, in Dark Souls 2. It's hard to explain. I'm probably getting it wrong. Uh, lad with a big sword. Oh, oh you don't mate. think... That, well, it can't be the pursuer. It's not the pursuer. Uh, I've got him in a picture right here. <laughs> I'm just trying to find a site that's not trying to like screw me over with um uh ad blocker. <laughs> Old Dragon Slayer, no, 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 twin dragons, no. It is Sir Alon. Sir Alon? Yes, yeah, Sir Alon is amazing. I don't even think I've ever wait a minute, okay, wait a minute. Oh, okay, I've ne- I don't even know who that is. Um a great fight. We should anyway, go right, to that we point, go for- um, yeah, okay, right. Somehow different. <laughs> Sir Alon, we looked it up. Yes, that is the <laughs> boss battle that I would put in there because it feels like it's the most honourable fight of the mm. game. Um, I in it, I don't like Dark Souls Two for the most part. Right, I right. made that very, so, very clear. I don't like the the hitboxes, and I don't like the near three hundred and sixty degree auto tracking that all enemies seem to have. <laughs> but this fight actually felt the most fair and honourable uh-huh. because it's like even at the end, even in defeat, he's like. He's desperate to defeat you, and his mm. move set becomes quicker and more aggressive. But he knows when he's beaten, and you see right. him like take the knee, and he's just like, "Right, that's it. You've got me. Fair enough. Like uh, I, I fought my hardest, and you were the better." That's cool. That's like a probably honourable, like um, as opposed to other ones doing like splash damage at the end and catching yeah. you anyway yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, I like the uh, the nameless, the nameless one, and the nameless hero from that. Oh, very the nameless end of king. Well, there's the oh god, that's the thing. There's the nameless king from Souls Three, but there's also yeah. that nameless one that you fight at the very end of Souls Three, which is almost like a clone of you, and it, you can oh, kind of like yeah. it uses everything yeah, yeah. against you, and like that yeah, you've yeah, already yeah, mastered. Yeah. And I like that sort of approach to it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's weird with Soul stuff because I, I view a lot of the bosses as like just something to get through because it is just so challenging. And I yeah. feel like in Elden Ring, that's when I actually had fun with the bosses a lot more because I was summoning in to help other people beat the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'd also throw like Margaret in there. Um, but I think like in terms of like an absolute. I don't know, best thing. I don't know. It would just be, it'd be a, a combination of those things. Maybe I'd just yeah. go with uh, with the dragon from Sekiro because I just weirdly love that fight. Um, but yes, also uh, me and Josh did a podcast on uh, Monday where we ranked all the all the Souls games and people Ooh. were asking us what you thought of me saying that Bloodborne was the second worst one. So do you have very quick thoughts on that? And we'll revisit it at some point in the future. What do you, what do you, what do you think of Bloodborne? I think the Bloodborne is one of the best things that From Software has ever touched. <laughs> I think that it's absolutely fantastic. But I would say in terms of my overall enjoyment levels, uh, it just ranks for me just behind Elden Ring and Dark mm. Souls 3. I, I, but it's not, a, it's not a quality, not a, like a pivot there quality. I just love Dark Souls 3 yes. and I'm loving Elden Ring. So I feel like Bloodborne is unfortunately just that little bit lower because I haven't played it in that long. See, my top few were Elden, Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 and then Josh had Dark Souls 3 way lower. But we will revisit this and maybe do our own version of the ranking. We can talk more about FromSoft stuff. Because Hell for now yeah. it's been the UBP, 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 UBP. UBP. Massive thank you to everybody for sending in all their questions. Happy Easter to all and we'll catch you all next week. For now, I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Bye, everyone. The Untitled Battle Podcast will catch you next time. Bye. That wasn't remotely structured for the ending. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.